0: hello and welcome to drafting the dregs this is your place to be for all things epl draft fantasy we have the full compliment this evening we have gilby we have mick and we have dave dave bold choice in shirt wear tonight mate well done
1: i mean who needs a shirt right we live in brisbane it's paradise here in the middle of well it's not really the middle of winter anymore but you know it's nice and warm
2: and why not share that magnificent body with the world, right, Dave? That's
1: that's right. There's plenty yeah. of it to share.
2: Yeah.
0: All all two people that are live stream with us are in for an absolute treat. So, uh, well done, Dave. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Very, very nice. Uh, boys, how are we doing? How are we after game week six? We've had two game weeks sort of back-to-back, midweek and, uh, you know, the one where we normally have on the weekend. Um, Mick, how are we feeling?
3: Uh, I was a bit more positive last week. Um, wasn't the best game week after that. I think we'll, we'll get into it when we get into our uh, squads, but I had a, I'll say a little bit of misfortune, but it happened to a few of us, um, took a few gambles, which didn't necessarily pay off. And now I need to work out what I'm going to do. I still got the same dilemma as last week, really though. Yeah.
0: So went for the St. Cat's call cry, just uh gamble. Yeah, just,
3: just gamble. Um, just went for the, play it long, play it straight and, uh. Yeah, it didn't, didn't go too well.
2: <laughs> how about you, Gilby? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm very happy with how a few things panned out for me, but um, as my wife reminds me a few times, she said, yeah, your season started well, the last few years in a row, but hasn't gone well for you by the end. So, yeah, I, I can count on my wife with some overdue humility sometimes. Mm. So, yeah, um, I'm not getting too excited, as I've said a few times, and going to be fun
0: brutal very very good hey it's 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 nice to uh have that sounding board to uh you know just bring you back down to to earth so hey uh, hopefully 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 she uh once she starts to see you just absolutely take off and uh you know, leave us all for dead. Maybe her views will change slightly, Gilby, or is she going to keep you grounded? No,
2: you I, I somehow I doubt that.
0: Okay, okay, fair enough. Well, Dave has sort of already led us to the moment of the week this week uh, with his shirt off. We're going to talk about some um, some celebrations that may or may not involved uh, shirts coming off over the, the, the course of the, the last game week. There are a couple of celebrating two early moments that I thought were interesting. First one being Richarlison. Uh, for Tottenham, thought he had uh, nabbed a goal, goes and celebrates with the crowd, throws the shirt off, swinging it around his head uh, only for him to get a yellow card and then the goal to be taken back from offside. So there was plenty of VAR controversy this week, but uh, uh, I can't say that that was one of them. But um, do we think uh, Ricky from Rio still deserves the yellow, Dave?
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's a flop, okay.
0: but a but a Watford boy, mate. Um, where's the where's the where's the support?
1: Nah, he he snaked us. He uh <laughs> he followed followed our old manager Marco Silver out the door to Everton, and well, that ended terribly for both of them. But um, yeah, no, nah, not interested it, in him. I only liked anything. him when he was playing for us.
3: It's an interesting concept, though. Like if if a foul happens, and did this not happen to Van Dyke a couple of years ago against? Everton, where he fouled Pickford, should have got a red, but it got called back for a foul that happened earlier. As a result, it didn't happen. So how come they can can call something back to stop a goal happening, but if a red happens after another foul, should the red then not have happened?
2: I feel like this that is something a double we spending. probably have to. Sounds like something we probably have to talk to Jeff about. Um, mm-hmm. I know he'd have a strong opinion one way or the other, particularly if it involves Liverpool and VAR, his two favourite topics. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I know Jeff's out there, so maybe you can contribute to the podcast either live or for the comment. But for those who don't know, uh, Jeff's one of the main man of our league, been for a long time. We played with him before. He's also a referee, and I think he got named referee of the month here in Brisbane as well. So, well done to Jeff there. It's mm, been a absolutely. passion for a long time. But, yeah, I mean, I, if he's got an opinion, I'll be more than willing to hear it.
0: That would be an interesting one. I, My take on it is, like, you all know that if you take your shit off, you get a yellow card. So, irrespective of whether it's happened...
2: So, here's mine for Dave, like... <laughs>
0: Yeah, oh, thank you. No. Some someone needed to give him a yellow card. But yeah, ir- irrespective of like the play before if it should have happened or not, he's still taking his shirt off. So I don't yeah, know.
1: I I don't know what you know the official stance is, but I mean, yeah, how far do you go? Um, managers get cards and they're not even on the field to play. So yeah, I don't know where it starts and where it stops. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I just think it's really nice that, like, you know, uh, uh, a week before he's getting absolutely ridiculed and smashed for doing little uh, keepy-ups in the field of play, and uh, then he's he's copped a yellow for taking his shirt off with a disallowed goal. I think that sort of sums up just how uh, how Ricky's going at the moment. So uh, that, that was a good one to see. The other one was at the uh, Merseyside Derby with uh, Connor Cody, who seemingly had scored the winning goal uh, for Everton, only for it to be taken off him for offside. But he's absolutely going for it with the crowd. Um, loving the moment. You know, cue wild applause and rapture from the Everton faithful. And uh, that one gets called back as well. So, you know, there's lots of opinions about VAR, but, you know, it, it, it sort of sucks that people can't do the old celebration anymore. But uh, I think um, there's a bit of a conspiracy going around that uh, Connor Cody, uh, I believe he was a bit of a, a Liverpool boy back in the day, like, loved Liverpool. Dave's nodding, very played, good.
1: Played with them.
0: Played with them, there you go. Yep. So the fact that he's now um, scoring uh, for Everton, you know, obviously great feeling, win, but then uh, it doesn't actually get on the scoreboard, and Liverpool still get a point. So is that a win-win for Connor Cody, do we think?
2: (laughs) I think like in that moment, uh, you would just be thinking, yeah, I've scored and it's awesome. Uh, Maybe later on when he's sitting down with a beer, he might say... Yeah, cool, like some of us might be tempted to. Um, but I think in that moment, <laughs> particularly as a defender, if you've got the opportunity to score, you're taking that. Like, it doesn't matter if it's your best friend on the goal line. Like, I know, I think each one of us would take that opportunity to score.
0: Yeah, his quote was...
2: Uh,
1: and he's, uh, sorry, Dave. Oh, no, you go. You
0: go, I thought... I was just going to say, his quote was... What was his quote? Yeah, listen, uh, it's hard to take... Uh, when I've put it in, I've had a little look at the linesman and his flag was down, so I thought that it might have been uh, been it and we might have been away, but the feeling was incredible. The score of Goodison Park was amazing, I'll be honest with you. It might sound a bit daft because the goal is not ruled out, but it was an incredible feeling. So obviously he enjoyed it. Um, maybe just a, a little bit too prematurely, unfortunately, which is a bit of a shame.
2: So, uh, but, yeah, I'm not going to make the obvious joke. So, I mean, no, please. I mean, here to hear it, like, yeah, I mean it kind of loses that they've been shirtless. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, I, know. I, I just mentioned, I'm sorry. I've been a bit quiet. Cause I've been looking for it. Uh, it was in the Merseyside Derby the, the year in 2020 when Van Dyke actually did his ACL. So Jordan Pickford made a lunging challenge on Van Dyke, which was then not ruled as a red card because Van Dyke was actually offside. So what I don't know, and obviously being two years ago, it's a bit hard to find the information when there's just been a VAR controversy in a Merseyside derby. There's a few other hits that come up, but whether (laughs) it was let go because he was offside or whether they thought there was no foul in it. But if you look at the challenge, it didn't look pretty good for Pickford at the time. And obviously it cost Van Dijk uh, nine months on the sideline.
0: Yeah. Well, boys, that sort of leads me to think, um, were there any celebrations uh, that we've been a part of that are notable, um, either we've been a part of or seen. I know Mick, you mentioned one in the A League before, which is always a, a beauty. But, but uh, Gilby, Dave, uh, any that you recall being a part of? Uh, have you whipped your shirt
2: off at any point, Dave? Well, there... Actually,
0: I feel like you did do that, didn't you?
2: No, there's been oh, one. There's been one very oh, famous one. Yes. Um, no. where speaking of Jeff, uh, Jeff who scored. I, I still maintain. I think nearly, or if it's not, it would be in the top three comfortably. I think nearly the best goal ever scored by a St. Cat's player. I don't think Isaac or Mick were playing for us at this point. It was pretty early in the St. Cat's life. We were playing at Kenmore and Jeff has cracked a volley from a good 20 metres into the top corner and a mate of his that he hadn't seen for a long time, never seen his play, has actually come over to watch the match. So he's sitting off to the sideline over in the corner. So, I mean, as you would as if you're a centre back that scores a volley into the top corner from 20 metres, the shirt has immediately come off and is being whipped <laughs> around his head. As Jeff runs as fast as they have seen him run, like doing a half lap of the field <laughs> the other wing. I don't think Jeff would have cared if he got sent off. Like, that kind of goal, you're dying out your whole life on. So... I think that would probably be my pick of the greatest celebration I've ever seen for some Cats player.
0: Wouldn't icy on the cake if uh, some Cats were already down like 4-0 or something as well? Like that would just be...
2: I think we may have fun. lost the match.
0: I, I don't remember <laughs> that. I don't, that's,
2: that's not the important part of no, my memory. No. The yeah.
0: <laughs> Dave, did you? How did, how did you celebrate your goal, Dave? You had no, it, I you, usually you, you celebrate St. My, St. my goals
1: because... I, usually I did his head down because te- it
3: was the wrong net.
1: <laughs> That's exactly right. I usually uh, apologize to my teammates or, yeah, <laughs> after a, a series of own goals. Mind you, I still maintain to this day that a large portion of them, I they were going to go in anyway. I gave them best <laughs> shot. And, Love it. You know. But... I did, I didn't and it score. would have been disrespectful if you just whipped your shirt off after an ungold goal. Minute. many. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I didn't <laughs> score many. I did score one, I guess you'd call it a token effort when we were winning comfortably and I took a penalty and scored. Um, but I only ever scored one outfield goal. And uh, it was straight off a kickoff um, for the second half. And... Uh, the oldest elder statesman in our team chris warner uh, at the time looked over at me and i looked at him and there was a little little bit of magic happening and i just sprinted <laughs> up the right hand uh touch line and he just long balled it to me i cut in past their left back i weaved around their center back huh. and i hit it with the outside of the boot
0: into the side netting and
1: out came the airplane the shirt stayed on though (laughs) but i did the airplane thing
0: very good i like it i'm getting a beautiful visual on that one thank you thank you Dave.
1: and it didn't get called back for var so you
0: know win-win no absolutely absolutely well hey nice look down memory lane thank you boys for that it's probably time to look at the waiver is that right gilby
2: Sure, yep, I can handle that. So um, it was actually a bit of a quieter waiver wire this round than uh, last time. We had some pretty full on action. I think a number of managers were pretty disappointed that the late deadline moves did not arrive in the game in time for us to pick them up. So I'd imagine it's going to be on for young and old this week with who do you pick and which do you guess will be available by the time it comes to you, which I'm sure we'll get to a bit later. But on the waiver wire, Justin, our old mate, we've discussed a few times in this podcast, was first up dropping Norgard for McAllister. Now, given Norgard is out with a fairly long-term injury, and he's replaced him with a player in excellent form. That's an easy A from me there. And McAllister actually got on the scoreboard for him again this week. Um, so good move for me there. Should ben had was a next, I think, didn't he? Yeah, yeah didn't he, he, he scored have. a
3: penalty, had a one overturned for VAR, and then scored a volley or something.
2: Yeah. yeah, something like that. I can't remember the exact order, but oh. that does sound right. So, yeah, he's um, having an absolute day out at the moment. So, I mean, good pick up for Cranny if that form continues. Uh, ben was next. He dropped Rodrigo for Paqueta. Uh, Rodrigo has been in great form, but unfortunately he's picked up a pretty bad injury out for a month. Um, and I know Dave was particularly annoyed about this one because Paqueta was his pick this week. So, I think... That may have been a painful one, but for me, I mean, an injured player upgraded to who looks like a very good solid box to box midfielder has the odd yellow and red card in him from everything I've seen. And in report well, on having a look at some of these statistics, the scoring and assist record isn't super flash, but it's pretty good. So, I mean, he may be all right. Um, but yeah, I mean, injured player for a guaranteed mm. starter. It's an A from me. So uh, Dave,
0: maybe a trade yeah. there in the works? Well, I, I've got, I've got some real time knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> I've already tried. I, I was uh, talking tried. to Ben
3: about it. The uh I said, I asked Ben, I was like, So who did you end up taking? This is at eight fifteen, so trades went through at eight o'clock. And he said, I said, Oh, you got you got Paquetta. <laughs> Ben responded, yeah, Dave wants him. I said, Wow, has he messaged you already? He's like, Yes, 8 14. It took 14 minutes post transfers for it to go through.
0: Kids uh, are uh, in bed, yes. Yeah, less great.
3: less wow. than and that, Nick. And then, and then okay.
1: less than that, because the trades happen at eight, and then the game's locked out for a few yeah. before you even then, know. So it was more like uh, four or five minutes. I believe before the trade offer was
3: uh elements for Paquetta. Ben's response to me was What's a TLMAs?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, man. to be fair,
3: Ben
1: probably also asked you what's a piquetta. <laughs> yeah. so
3: so yeah, yes. I, then good. No, I,
1: he so he said to me, Look, um, I'll hold on to him for a few weeks and see how it works out. And I was honest with him, I'm like, you know. Tillemans isn't moving, so he'll be a regular starter for Leicester, regular minutes and a little bit of attacking returns and I said Paqueta, as far as I'm concerned, is going to be a high variance player and like Gilby said, with potential card issues but I was looking for a high variance player. Um, So yeah, I mean wants to sit on sit on him for a few weeks um he he got minutes in his first week as a sub and then he only scored two points i think last week so you know if he keeps racking up appearance points maybe i can uh have another stab what he always says i was i was very keen to pick him up and disappointed that he didn't get to me.
3: Was there any worry about having Paquetta and Skamaka to West Ham attacking outlets? I know I personally love a bit more diversity in my team.
1: Yep. I hear what you're saying. and I also like diversity. Uh, But Skamaka is probably almost always going to be my third forward when I've got Kane and Darwin Nunes. And yeah, I mean you do the you do the fixture rotation and you know if it's a good West Ham fixture, you might play both. But um I would expect if I had Paqueta that he'd probably be in my starting lineup more often than not, whereas Samaka's gonna be my benched forward most often.
2: Yep, fair enough. Um, so, with um, that, next was Nate dropping Edouard for Adams. Uh, we've talked about the Crystal Palace striking situation. Kind of not clear at the moment with that one. It does look like Adams is starting more often. So, I did give Nate a B, um, at least until uh, the chance that Shay Adams missed, which I shared in the chat not long ago. Um, he has an open net from, I would say a metre and a half, maybe two metres, uh, and he's jumped to head the ball, completely mistimed his jump, and then somehow ended up handballing it into the net instead of actually using any part of his body to put her over the line. So just not one of those weeks for Nate or Shay Adams there with that move, but I didn't mind the move. It's not too bad. Um, so a B grade for me there. Dan was next. He dropped more pie for Adam Armstrong at Southampton. Um, Armstrong hasn't completed 90 minutes yet, more is still gonna be required for Everton till DCL returns some injury and then of course DCL get injured again, so he'll probably keep starting. Um so it's a bit of a sideways move for me. That's a C. On Dave that one, is next well, Gilby, yep, go for it.
1: Um, I don't know how much of the Liverpool Everton game you guys saw, but More pie looked quite good and did everything except score. So yeah, it looks he probably like should have scored in pretty quickly there.
2: Yeah, he probably should have scored. Um, like there was, I think, big misses from Morpay and Davies had another chance. Um, to probably, I mean, Liverpool were probably you'd argue pretty lucky there in a few areas. So yeah, I mean, if Morpay does potentially stay, keep that striking position for a bit longer, maybe worth a pickup for a few managers because I know the forwards are pretty thin on the ground at the moment. Uh, Dave was next trying for Paquetta, but couldn't quite get him. Um, I was next. I dropped Ait Nuri for Target from Newcastle. Uh, just because Ait Nuri looks like he's lost the starting role at Wolves. Target looks like he's got the starting role at Newcastle. And Newcastle's defence has been very, very good. I think it's four shutouts and six now for Newcastle. So pretty happy with that one. Jeff dropped Casemiro that we discussed last time uh, for Carvalho. So trading a Man United player for Liverpool player. I know Jeff's is going to love that. Carvalho has looked like he will either play the late, come on in maybe an attacking role or midfield, but he did actually be required to start at the moment given Liverpool's midfielder dramas. So well, he's just me. picked
3: up an injury as well.
2: Yeah, I know. Yeah, he just picked up an injury too, so <laughs> may not oh, stay no. in Jeff's team for long. But, yeah, I mean, I know Jeff's been pretty active in the waivers and he'll no doubt keep being active there. Uh, there were lots of backups that were then submitted, except one I wanted to highlight there Um Isaac, I saw mm. you were prepared to drop Martial, um, but now you're probably going to have to be forced to drop him because I see his Achilles injury has now been confirmed and it says unknown return date, which is never great. So, mm. what are you looking there? You prepared to drop Martial? You're not going to carry him like I did last season with DCL? Look,
0: sometimes it's better to learn a lesson from somebody else than have to go through it yourself. <laughs> So, uh, no, but in all seriousness, um, yeah, that uh, I'm pretty much done with Martial at this point in time because, as well as um, the fact that he's injured, obviously Anthony coming in and Rashford playing in the centre, I sort of think that might be Martial done for a little bit, given Rashford's in form, and you got to think Ronaldo's going to come off the bench. So yeah, I'm 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 done with that experiment. I got four points from him, happy days, but that's about it. Yep.
2: <laughs> And then there's only one free agent move. Um, unless somebody's picked up any trades that I've missed. Um, I don't think there were any this time. No. So for the last free agent move was Justin dropping Castagne for Kilman. Trading a Leicester defender for a Wolves one. So Wolves have not looked likely to score, um, but defensively looked okay. Leicester have been, I, ca- I can't remember the words that were used, but there have been all sorts of negative words used about them in the last few rounds. Um, I think the... One, my favourite one I read, it was somewhere between a dumpster fire and a, uh, what was the other word, and a trash bin of controversy and recriminations and something else. I can't remember what it was described. So there's big drama at Leicester. Uh, Rogers has basically came out and trashed the board for not giving him more money. Um, So whether or not he lasts much longer, if Leicester do... I've got to say, though...
0: He did it in a very placid sort of way. Like he wasn't he fiery yep. at all. He's just like, yep. like, this is this is the situation. The money wasn't yep. there. That we yep. we haven't and been able dead. to bring in new players. Yep. Like he wasn't standing there going, and that board member's done it Like it's very odd. Is it yeah. any different to what Scott Parker said though?
2: yeah i'd probably say a little bit because his main theme was this is not the leicester of a couple of seasons ago uh where they were able to compete for european places and they had a pretty deep squad uh this time they've sold players and haven't been able to bring anyone in uh which i think is was his main point and as isaac said he's tried to do it in a more respectful way um i think bournemouth's thing was I think he's sort of coming from a much lower base than Rodgers. So I think the trigger point for firing him is probably much lower than it would be for Rodgers. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm keen to see what you guys think. But the last thing for Justin, I gave him a B grade there because it does look like Leicester's defence is going to not be solid anytime soon. So that's the Leicester's, end of the wave. Is there Leicester's
0: defence like, was the problem last year and the fact that even, even with Fafana. Before he left, them not trying to get in anyone didn't make any sense. Like you don't have to spend a whole lot of money to try and get somebody who um, is is quality. Like you, like you could have picked up Tarkowski on a free. Yeah,
2: well, even then, like um, I think one of the things they've always done well is replace their players. Like when we gave them eighty million from Maguire, uh, they turned that eighty million in bought Siyunku. Um, who was pretty solid, at least his first couple of seasons. I know he hasn't been great this last few months, really, of last season and mm. now, so they don't look like they're going to trust him. But I thought they were always pretty good at picking up new players and like and making them look good and improving them. So, uh, I mean, maybe the financial troubles are greater than we thought, and maybe there's some more there to be thought of. But I saw some nuts statistic during the week that, the Premier League broke their record for finite like, uh, money spent in this transfer window. It was $1.9 total. Uh, and the next highest was what the net spend was La Liga with like $50 million. So, yeah, it's nuts at the moment uh, with the amount of money spent and yeah. Leicester are going to be in trouble if they're not prepared to spend some money, really. It's the way the league's going.
1: I think about $800 million of that $1 billion was probably Nottingham Forest, wasn't it?
2: <laughs> At least, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's us, uh, Chelsea and Forrest, uh, probably the two three biggest. I would, I would hazard a guess.
0: I heard that Forrest put in a call for you, Dave, to see if you wanted to uh, jump over. They couldn't you guarantee down. any
1: uh, playing time, they couldn't guarantee oh, any right. playing time. Squad's yeah. too big, and they'll you're you know, too sure shit. I was likely to be roasted, <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> yeah. Well, there's that too, <laughs> yeah, and also the fact they. Never contacted me oh, at all in the right. first place. Oh, it's there is also that. Right. Okay. You need a uh, manager. Yeah, so
2: here, I did manage to find it while you were busy discussing yeah. man things with Dave there. Um, so uh, <laughs> Premier League clubs have spent uh, 2.25 billion euros or 1.94 billion pounds, which is more than La Liga, Serie A, Bundesliga and Liga combined. So, yeah. 1.35 billion for the Premier Leagues. La Liga and is in the QCSA, and La Liga is 52.44 <laughs> 4 net spend. So that's in net spend. So 1.35 billion compared to 52.4 million. So out, and that the main reason that for the La ligas spend was Barcelona's lever-driven splurge. So without Barcelona, it would be much greater difference.
0: Well, there we go. Well. Luckily, that doesn't have a big influence on uh, what we do in our draft league. Um, otherwise, you know, I think... Who, who'd be most likely to try and buy our draft league out of, out of the managers in it? Who do you reckon? Nathan. Yeah, Jeff. I'm going Nathan. And
3: in, in fairness, <laughs> before last year, I would have said Nathan. I don't think he feels the need to buy it now. No. Nah. So, I don't nah. think he would anymore. So I'm
0: just having a look. I'm sure he sent me a message for, I think... Offering a hundred bucks for Haaland
3: to be fair, he yeah, he <laughs> likes to do that, doesn't
0: he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was a very recent hundred bucks for Haaland after his few last few weeks' uh, exploits.
3: I almost would have counted that with 200 because let's face it, if you win a jersey, you get a jersey with 200.
0: <laughs> hey, it's a good you point as well. I like that, I like that. That makes sense, it makes sense. Very good you you
1: win more than a jersey, though, Mick. Not that I'd know, but it's you know, yeah. There, there's, there's also a little the bit of pride, pride, pride but... and the bragging rights yeah, that come with
0: it. And how much
1: is that really worth?
0: Far more. Than there's a great. Bucks. There's a great deal of prestige, uh, Dave. Um, I can I yeah. can guarantee that. Yeah, one day you'll find out. Apparently, apparently, <laughs> well, we will I? It's up to you. So <laughs> let's have a look at uh, the league ladder at this point in time. I'm just going to read it out. We will go through, because we've had a couple of game weeks, we will go through each manager um, and we'll try and pick out a few things for sort of each round um, or at least look at, you know, the the, the main round, maybe where we the, the manager did well. But uh, in ninth place, still, we've got Craney made a little bit of ground up, which we'll talk about with 181. Points. Ben is in 8th with 211, um, closely followed or closely um, just behind Mick on 213 points. Uh, we've got Nathan, 227. Dan, 247. Nicely mid-table there. We then got Dave, 267. Level pegging with Jeff on 267. And then in front, we've got... Um, Gilby, you're in second place, 293, and then myself in the lead, 296. So it's pretty close at the top, which is good to see. Um, that's what it's looking like, boys. Before we look in any depth at the the sort of the table, um, do you think there's any managers there that are like? Very much overperforming, or any managers that are very much underperforming at this point in time, given the, who who they've gotten their team. Just off the
2: top of your head, ah, uh, yeah, you with Tony, um, okay. he has scored. I had a look at it. Tony has converted thirty three percent of his chances so far this mm. season. So that sort of conversion rate is not going to hold. But I mean, you've been yeah, um, you've been the beneficiary of some great form from him. And if Harlem keeps going, then it. It's not really going to matter who else you pick in your team if those two keep scoring goals. Yeah. I want
1: I guess, um, make a point around that, Gilby. One thing that Isaac has been incredibly good at over a number of seasons now is having the balls to drop someone and move on when the time's right. So, yeah, it would be hard for Isaac to drop someone like Tony knowing that, you know, the forwards pull is limited. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if Tony got the, to the end of his run, Isaac sees enough, moves him on, and isn't continually burnt later in the season if he goes on a poor run.
0: Yeah, fair enough. And... Um... Yeah, fair they'll, enough. You're, you're just awesome. As like. it's no, <laughs> I, I, think, um, I think a couple of weeks ago I said I've been really struggling with waivers. Like I haven't known really what to do. And I think that because, because there's still so many good names coming into the league and Gilby and myself, like we're not having a chance at them, it's made it even more difficult to think, well, do I even dip my toe in? Like, so I've struggled in that sense, but I think what you're saying, Dave, is 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 fair enough as well. Like, if I see an opportunity where I can make a trade with someone, I'll try, and I won't try and go too over the top. I'll try and get you know some somewhat like for like, if I can. Like, obviously, you want to try and get the best better outcome of that of that. But um, yeah, I'm I'm comfortable trying that and just sort of seeing how it goes. So that's probably what, at some point, I'll probably try and do again, I guess. like You just sort of have to keep doing that to change your squad up every now and again.
1: Yeah, there's going to be someone that's in need of a forward, regardless of quality. And if Tony's on the table, and if that means that you can strengthen one of your other areas, then it's a win-win situation. It's just being able to make those moves at the right time, which, like I say, over the past few seasons, you've... Proven um, that you know more often than not you get those decisions right. Yeah.
0: So who's really underperforming then? Like, is it the obvious? Is it is it is it crazy obvious? Do we think?
3: Do you say? I guess it depends how you look at underperforming. Um, yeah. I mean, if you look at, I'd love to say me. I would say that maybe based on post draft pre matches. I'd say based on where I thought I was, yeah, my team is severely underperforming. Um, I think in terms of just who's not doing as well as, who's not doing close enough to what the average would be. Well, I'd say you have to go me, Ben and Craney, right? Bottom three. I, I don't yeah. think there's too much on that. Um, what I would say to go to the the overperforming one there, I'm, as I was t- telling you boys before, I've done a bit of a spreadsheet just to keep track of the uh, points to 'Cause when the season goes from one to the other, we lose track of it and we don't have the whole rundown. If I look at potentially and it's hard to say who's overperforming, because well, your justification is well, you're drafted well. But everyone in our league has had a round in the twenties by one person. Gilby has yet to have a round less than thirty eight points. If I look at that, Poor. he's due. Like, <laughs> and like I said, suggests. statistics suggest he's due. In saying that, his highest is sixty-four. Other than that, he's and he had a fifty-eight this week. He's been 41, 48, 38, 44, which is pretty bang on. I think what you need to average. I think in our leagues previously, I think it's we know 40, from forty-five know from history.
1: Yeah, that if you're high forty, Gilby will well. Gilby will draft the low variance options. We well, know and, that.
3: yeah. And I I think, so you look at Craney and he's had three rounds below 25. You look at myself, I had three, my first three rounds were all below 25. Um, Ben's had two below 30. Nathan's had a 22 and a 24. Dan's had a 24 this week. Other than that, 39 was his lowest. So he's been pretty good. Um, Jeff had a 26 this week. Isaac had a 25 in week two. Dave had a 20 in week five. So everyone else has seemed to have that, has had that really bad round, which without wanting to say you do Gilby, I feel like it is coming. <laughs> and I feel like you know that Um because I think 38 is too good. A worst round. It may not necessarily be a 22 or a 19 or a no, 16. I-
2: but, I know, i tell you what it yeah. will happen, Mick. If we're going by past history, as David said, I'm going to have six of those in a row between 32 and 38. So, yeah, I man, the late season collapse is coming. Well, uh, thanks for reminding yeah. me of that. And
3: like I said, I think if I'm going to do poorly, I'd prefer to do poorly at the start where I get the benefit of waivers and hopefully strengthen my team,
2: which I don't think is necessarily happening much, um, but anyway. Yeah, I, I have thought of that concept, yes. So, w- one reason,
0: I, I think Gilby is best placed out of anybody because of that whole low variance idea, like I, I've I've done, I always like to look at first round picks and I like to see how they're going and, and if they're over underperforming for a team. And like with Gilby, his first round pick, which was De Bruyne, I want to say, he's only got 12% of your total points. So that means you're getting really good points from a large portion of your squad, which is really, really good. And that's what you want, Right. Uh, Mick, you've only eleven percent of yours has come from your first round pick, which was Alexander Arnold. I want to say. <laughs> yeah, T-A-A. I know where I know where this is going, Isaac. Where's this going? To Tell your me. Squad.
3: And Harland having like Harland. A percent. Oh yeah, <laughs> Har- like.
0: See, I'm to- I'm very much overperforming. He scored twenty three percent of my points. So, like for me, I'm that's like, less okay, less than I
1: expected, though.
0: Yeah, well, maybe, but that's only because Tony's been doing so well as well, which Gilby's already said. So, well, yeah, like, all right. but in saying that, I think I, already, I think I had sort of three or four others that were in the high twenties to early thirty points bracket. But in terms of like the person who's the lowest at the moment, that would be Nathan with 7% he picked up Vardy which I think we could agree well you know we've said that's probably not the best first round pick but Crane is not too far behind with only with 9% because Sons hasn't really done too much so you know I think Gilby's in a good position Dave I think you're in a pretty good position about 15% of yours has come from your first rounder um what would you say Caten. would be the average what what should they be getting um does anyone
3: remember off the top what what was the final scores last year? Was it about two two? I want to say two thousand. I don't know if that's right.
0: Uh yeah, it was. It no, was. It was high forties. Rounds by it was high forties. It was high forties average.
3: It'd be about eighteen hundred, maybe.
0: Yeah,
3: and what? Are, how many players have broken three hundred in the history? Of Salah once, right? So really, if you, I think two fifty is a first round draft pick. Two hundred fifty points. So yeah. as a percentage, two hundred fifty out of 1,800, who's the maths whiz here? 13%, 14%. So, yeah. theoretically, we should be getting about 14%.
0: Correct. So, yeah. you, so I, you, like, there's a few people that are pretty well placed in that. Like, Jeff's well placed, Gilby, Dave, really well placed at this point in time. I think... um I just remember that Jeff was in the same situation last year with Salah because Salah was like crazy hot at the beginning of the year. And then as soon as he started to cool off, he sort of couldn't keep up with the returns he needed to get. So I'm mindful of that in a sense because, you know, for me, you know, I can see what's happening and that's okay. I'm happy to ride with it. Is but... that then
3: making you consider getting rid of Haaland? Oh, no, absolutely a... not. <laughs> don't be silly. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't be silly, Mick. <laughs> I'm gonna ride it out for as long
0: as possible. I'm very much like Gilby this year. I'm just I'm having fun with it. I'm having fun uh, with it. Baby. Fair, fair enough. But this like good. based on that logic, if you've got the points now,
3: you're ahead of the game, you've got the start you potentially need, yeah. because yeah. you're you've got a 30-point advantage on third and fourth. Twenty-nine
1: points. Would it be worth it can with, turn around very quick Yeah. Though, oh, absolutely. Yeah, but I'm not starting,
3: saying I'm not like saying I was, 20, I was
1: 20 points ahead two rounds ago.
3: Oh, absolutely. But I'm saying, is it not potentially worth it's it's not like you're getting a, a nobody, you're getting another first round draft pick in return. And theoretically, you, you so. could you could upgrade, say, a midfielder and still get a Tony quality forward in return. So you could I guess cash in while the iron's hot. Um, and yeah. I, I say that, and I, I mentioned to you guys. He's already few- said
1: he's not stupid, Mick. <laughs>
3: <laughs> See, I, I would be considering, and I can say that from the, uh, the official game standard. I, I told, I said to you guys, the few of us that actually play it, which to be honest, I'm playing that one more for fun. This one I, I'd want to do well, but two weeks ago I traded Harland. I had Harland and I said with UCL about to start and their three game rotation starting, I got rid of him for Kane. That was my one transfer that week. Since then, Harland has scored six goals in two games. So it, it was something that I I legitimately considered that. and I actually did the trade with the view to, okay, I've got the points out of him. I thought I'd get, I'm ahead of it. I can trade for value and then put that value elsewhere in my squad. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a legitimate option. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It is oh. risky. And we've said before in this league, you will never get ridiculed for hanging on to what you've got. You can get ridiculed for getting rid of what.
0: See, I've I've seen Ben do that where he got rid of Salah. I, I got him, and that's the first year I won the league. Right, so it can go both ways. I totally understand what you're saying because, yeah, I could get, I could upgrade a midfielder and still get a pretty quality, um, yeah, you know, fairly good quality forward. Could absolutely try and do it. If someone wants to put a trade to me, hey, let's let's discuss it. But I think right now I'm just. I'm just having fun with Haaland. Like, he's Absolutely. he's pretty amazing to watch, and it's it's good to get his points. So, happy days. Obviously, but one's uh, a
1: forward and one's a mid, so there'd have to be um, other players involved in the trade. But, yeah. you know, assuming the other players were of equal standing, will you trade Haaland for Salah at the moment?
0: Haaland for Salah. I mean it's tempting because you, i think we're you, all you know what salah um, has done. i think we
1: all agree that harland 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 can't continue at this rate like it's just impossible um especially with you know the fixtures will start coming yeah. into it with champions Absolutely. league and whatever salah doesn't have I mean, neither does Haaland but you know salah doesn't have world cup to worry about he's nailed on he's going to be a 90 minute player regardless of fixture congestion and he's underperforming.
0: Yeah. That's a good point, mate. I uh, Look, I don't know. I don't know what I would do at this point in time. Like I said, I'm happy with Haaland right now. But well, hey. I'll,
3: I'll throw another option to you. Because I've spoken oh, to before go. about my... And I. this is pure theoretical. Because I don't personally, because of what I'm saying, I don't want to take that risk on. <laughs> um, <laughs> but my forwards are relatively strong. Right? So I've got Mitrovic... Jimenez and – oh, it's even escaping me right now. Um, That's how
0: strong they are.
3: Jimenez – oh, and Isaac, the Newcastle striker. Oh, yep. Um, so they're all starting for mid-table teams. So none of them are, like, ridiculously outstanding. Mid-table, obviously, films probably a little bit lower than that. But if I – like, theoretically, if I offered you a TAA, now, knowing how you drafted, you took uh, Haaland and then five mids. So your first defender was at best round seven – would a Isaac, the new Newcastle striker, TAA for Harland and I'm trying to look at your team, who's like a mid-level defender, Melassia from um, menu. You know. Like you, you theoretically, you still get a rotation option, mid-table striker who will have good fixtures that you can rotate with tony and martial or whoever else you might pick up you get that premium defender who you would hope from here could still get you 150 points you don't have that variance to worry about like i don't know you'd consider it but i think there's a hell of a lot more to like it's more than just oh, I'll consider it in passing if i was in your suit that would be really tempting but you've just got to find the person who has the forwards to offer that to still not leave themselves ridiculously short. Yeah, and the, the thing in the back. To take that variance.
0: Yeah, the thing in the back of my mind is, and I know it's TAA, which is a different beast in terms of defenders. But you generally get your more points for midfielders, and yeah. so I think the right midfielder would be tempting, but um maybe maybe not ta I don't know it's it, that that that's a tougher one for me than a mid, a mid like a quality I, I purely
3: use that as an example because yeah, I know my, yeah my, sure. my three forwards are both are all of decent quality and my yeah. first I don't I don't have the premium midfielder as the uh theoretical
0: yeah yeah no fair enough uh, look good chat like I think it's something that a few managers will have to we'll have to consider sort of going through the game weeks. Um, So, hey, I might not be the only one that has to make that choice. There could be others. So what we'll do now, boys, we'll have a look at each of the managers in turn. We're going to start at the bottom, as we always do. So that means Craney is first off the the list. Now, Craney, he's already done some self-analysis of his team in the group chat which is always good to see, means he, he's, he's into it, he's ready to go. Um, Gilby, did you want to run through Craney's for us? So what was interesting over the last couple of game weeks? And just for everybody's reference, um, Craney was able to get a grand total of 55 points this last game week, which I think was the highest, and 22 the game week before. So, oh no, it was the second highest, I do apologise, Gilby. Um, so 55 Just in, the, in this game week and then 22 the game week before. He's obviously got to be pretty happy with this game week, but could it have been better?
2: Yeah, well, uh, it's it's hard. to. I mean, if Son finds his scoring boots, then Cranny will be a threat. And as I've said... Things are never as bad or as good as they seem. So, I mean, Justin hasn't started well, uh, as we've said a few times, but he's been able to pick up Rashford, who was mysteriously dropped by Dan. I think I was generous giving that a D at the time. But anyway, and Justin now has a free crack at all the free transfers that come in. And Son hit the crossbar, had the most chances created, and the most shots of any Spurs player last round. So maybe things starting to turn around for him. So, I mean... Yeah, 22-point round last time, but yeah, I mean, as Cranny was very proud to point out, he had a 55-point round, and he left, what's that, 7 and 13, 20, 26 points on his bench, so I mean, a really, really good round, could have been better, I mean, we can say that plenty of times about all of us, but yeah, I mean, Rashford 18, McAllister 14, if Rashford keeps playing as a starting striker, he's going to be really good, and yeah, I mean, Cranny could well find himself coming up the table if he makes the right moves in the next couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think you gotta you gotta think things are looking up for him. Especially, he's had a few weeks now of getting the you know what's thought to be the best in the of the waiver. So, um, who, who do we think he's going to go for? I think we've we've had a bit of a thought that maybe a Bamiyang's the one he's going to go for this week, given
2: the Chelsea Bing. league. Well, being a Chelsea fan, he would probably yep. go there. And looking at his team, I would probably suggest that's what—that's uh, probably what I would do too, given his forward line currently is more habits and johnson um, so i'd say is probably going to be upgrade on all three of those players um, he has indicated he's prepared to drop habits um, and he even messaged the chat last week uh, a few days ago i think it was to say he's accepting offers of son so can I you, I have followed that one
3: up, and he is not accepting offers for Son. I I,
2: I was coming to. I was actually going to message him myself and say, "Please, Lord, do not let someone talk you into selling Son." So, (laughs) if Cranny is listening, do not accept offers, especially from Mick or Azak, and that will do the rest of the league a favour. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be fine.
0: But Mick, when you when you're offering a defensive mid, mate, that's that he's not going to take that up. I offered him um, Barnes and
3: Jimenez for Sun and Kiefer Moore. So literally it's two, probably around <laughs> five, six, seven-ish players. Um, you could argue Jimenez was a little bit lower, but the backup striker Wolves just saw in the first half of his first game yeah. did his ACL. Um, yeah. They've since tried to sign Diego Costa on a free transfer. He's had his work permit denied by the English government. And oh. apparently Andy Carroll may now be going there. So that's, that's the newest rumour. Yeah, so good. suddenly um, uh, Jimenez doesn't look so bad. I don't think he spots in any said doubt anymore. Um, so that was what I offered. And his response was, I might keep son. He must come good soon. And then he said, I have plans for my forwards. So that's what I said. I assume it's Alba um, or Young. He said, yeah, but he has a broken jaw. Not, sh- not sure when he's due back. And then his yeah. response was, yeah, but I also don't want Gilby to have Anthony either. So maybe he'll take Anthony out
2: of spite. <laughs> oh, I or think there'll be maybe... another few people that'll have Anthony before me, so I'm not really worried. But I mean, either Aubameyang or Anthony would be a good pick really for good. him. So yeah, yeah I'm, I, I'd be happy with either. I would assume those two will be the
3: first two picked, right? What
2: that would be my pick? guess, but I've been very wrong about what other managers will do in the past. So we'll see. <laughs> Well, uh, let's
0: have a look at uh, eighth place. We've got uh, Ben in eighth place. He scored a total of 37 points this game week and last game week, 45 points. So, you know, he's been doing pretty good. He's been moving up the ladder. Only a couple of points behind you now, Mick. So, uh, Mick, we might get you to do the honour, if that's okay, having a look at Ben's team over the last couple of weeks.
3: and we'll start with, uh, what was that, round five um, Ken Solo, number one pick, after I not slated him but said he's probably one to be disappointed with his first round pick. Um, came out and got 12 points, 67 minutes, only just got across the game, Uh, the uh, I guess clean sheet barrier. We've got the clean sheet points, two points to play, in, and scored a goal in that game. Um, other than that, he had De Gea for six points. He had Sterling, he's a second round pick, for eight points. Um, Antonio got an assist, so five, Strujic. Uh, got two bonus despite not getting any other kind of returns. Um, other than that, it was just threes and twos around. So 45 points, I think you would be pretty happy with that. Um, and that's also with Rodrigo getting about 30 minutes and just getting his shoulder, which he just picked up that week. Um, and then round six, 37 points, Thiago Silva with a uh, assist and three bonus for eight. Um, and for Brentford had a goal and two bonus for eight. Antonio with a goal but a yellow card to come back to five. Um, Ericsson for four points and Elliot for three. So, and then other than that, twos and ones across the board. Um, and Struyak, unfortunately, with a zero up there as well. So, I guess fortunately for Ben, no wasted points on the bench. Um, he, he's done okay, I think, in free agency. Um, Paquetta and Elliot. So I spoke to him about Elliot. I said, look, even if he's a one or two week thing with their injury crisis, he's a guy you could pick up. Liverpool had decent fixtures at the time, could come off. Um, got him five points in two rounds, so not not the greatest returns. Hopefully for his sake, he keeps coming up. But the interesting one for me with Ben's team, what do you do with Grealish? Mm. Yeah, is he worth keeping? Last year he he played solid minutes but yeah. never really produced much. Um, I, said,
0: I said to Ben when he drafted him, I said, oh, that's a good pickup. He's going to do well this year with Haaland, but he just hasn't been preferred. I think Bernardo's come in and starting to like play. So that position or Foden switching over to that side. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've, I was going to ask that question. I, I was totally wrong with my assessment at the beginning of the year. So I, I would probably be shipping him out to be fair. It, is he one that you could just
3: drop? Or like, do you just put him back into free agency or do you test the water for other people? And I mean, if you look at the the rest of his midfielders, Sterling, Paquetta, Elliot, and Erickson, I mean, that I, I would say right now they're all in front of him in terms of Grealish would be his fifth mid. Mm. But you've got his forwards, Antonio and Emblemo. They're probably, I would consider them probably both what should be secondary strikers in your fantasy team? I don't think either of them should be your number one striker. Um Ee, who I traded to him, is a third, a third string at best. If that, I don't even know if he's necessarily in the top twenty-seven forwards in the game. So he needs to improve his forwards. He needs to at least, I, I think, needs to at least have three guys are on that second pick mark so we can rotate through who he has. And then in his backline, he's got Walker Peters, Struijk for Leeds um Davies who didn't play this last round so I guess the question is is does he drop Grealish to potentially miss out somewhere else where he probably needs to strengthen more if we assume that he does take a Bamiyang I'm sorry Craney takes a Bamiyang does Ben drop Grealish to get Anthony or does he use first pick to maybe pick up a Fafana who's gone to Chelsea I realize diversification is not going to happen because he's got Thiago Silva um but is, is there someone else better that could help strengthen his team more while he keeps Grealish or leaves Grealish for the second round of um, waivers.
0: I think go with Jeff's tried and true method of a strong midfield personally. Like I I don't think Grealish has enough capital to try and trade with someone right now, given he wasn't all that great last year. Dave knows that because um, I think Dave had him and Yeah, Yeah, I I, I just don't... Yeah, I don't think there's a trade there, really. And I'd be... You're right. I think Grealish is the worst of them at the moment. So I don't... I wouldn't begrudge him for doing it. and But I wouldn't begrudge him for trying to keep him a little bit longer just with Pep Roulette either. He has had an injury.
3: So he's had a niggle for the last while. So in fairness, Mm -hmm. Mares, Foden, Bernardo Silva, Alvarez... Because Alvarez actually started out wide, I'm pretty sure, last game. Because Haaland, they both started. Yeah. Um, It could it could be a good pickup. And then the, the problem I see with it is you put him back into free agency. He comes off the bench, scores a goal somewhere. And then we're talking about him next week as he'd be a great pickup for someone that needs him. <laughs> so it, if he's your fifth mid already, is he, I'd say he's almost better than most of the other mids in the wave wire in terms of variance. I, I I'm not sure I'd be dropping him.
0: I can see both. I I wouldn't begrudge him if he did. The other one, if he doesn't, then the only one, the other one, he gets rid of is Elliot. And again, I don't have an issue if he was to do that either. But um, I think he would be at a disadvantage if he didn't try and pick up Anthony, because I think he's probably the best of the what's in the waiver at the moment. Realistically,
1: go go with the Isaac Smith uh, rule of picking up players. Well. Mainly pertains to draft. Just get the person in who's going to get you the most points over the course of the season or however long you're holding them on for. And if Obama Young's gone, then that's likely to be
0: Anthony. Yep. Very good. Well, I think we'll move on, boys. Let's have a look now. Um, at I believe it's you, Mick. So. Thirty points this last game week. Uh, before that, correct me if I'm wrong, please, Mick, but 44. So did make a bit of a a couple of good game weeks in a row, and then the 30 to finish off with game week six. I um, I'll quickly go through your team, Mick, and then we'll we might mm-hmm. shoot a few questions over to you. So with the 44 in particular, we were looking at um, big points coming from Sancho. Had a really good game. Saka, uh, Mitrovic. Uh, they were sort of the main point scorers there for that 44, which was good. Um, Isaac, on the bench, seven points. Um, were you just thinking maybe he wasn't going to be playing a full game there?
3: Um, I knew Jansen and Ake both had injury clouds, so they were off. So I basically had 12 guys or, sorry, 10 outfield players to decide, uh, 11 outfield players to decide from. My, I had Mitrovic uh, was against Brighton. Mitrovic has burned me a few times and I've left him on the bench already. Jimenez was against Bournemouth. Um, I knew I had to play pretty much every other matchup I liked, and all of my mids. So Palace had Brentford. he has been good. Arsenal had Villa. Menu had Leicester. Like I said, Neto or Wolves had uh, Bournemouth, and Leicester was against Menu. So the one I was tossing between was Harvey Barnes against Menu, who at the time I don't think had been great. They had that one result against Villa at uh, Arsenal. Villa, Liverpool. Um, And then, or, Isaac against Liverpool. Now, when I had Isaac Mm. against Liverpool, it was like, well, he hasn't played a minute in the league. I don't know if he's going to be starting. I think I'd prefer the two points of Barnes playing 70 minutes over the potential one point of a minute off the bench. Yeah, What, I guess, it's not really a good thing, but he actually scored twice and one was called back for offside. So I've never (laughs) celebrated my own player not having a goal come back. More... That Until this week, when, if you go into my team now, I had Connor Cody and guess who didn't play Connor Cody? So when his goal got called back, I celebrated because I didn't play him. It meant my clean sheet for TAA stayed intact and I was great until TAA got subbed off after 58 minutes and got no clean sheet. So in retrospect, I wish he had scored so no one else got the clean sheet bonus.
0: Well, I've got that one up on the screen now. So 30 points this game week. Allison obviously got the clean sheet. And uh, Saka got you seven points as well um, with, uh, I want to say, an assist.
2: That
0: uh, yeah. right? Yeah. A uh, uh, no, goal. A goal, goal. All, sorry. A goal, sorry. A goal and so, a yellow card and a and bonus. a yellow card. How good. So, um, you know, there wasn't much to write home about there. And like you say... Connor Cody and Mitrovic left on the bench for uh, six and five points. So it could have been a little bit better that particular game week. Um, so a bit disappointed there, I would imagine, Mick. But how how, how are you feeling about your team still? Still uh, fairly comfortable?
3: We spoke about last week about what I was going to do with Ake and Janssen. Um I played the odds. They both didn't play. Worked out relatively well for me last week. This week, I knew Ake was likely to come back in some capacity. Um, I knew Pep's tendency to want a left-foot-right-foot combination at centre-back. I thought the only way he can do that is with Ake at the moment. Um, I don't know much about Kanji, the new guy, but I figured he'll either play or he'll get zero minutes. I don't think he's likely to come off the bench. I was wrong. Um, and I had Jansen there as my um, rotation because I didn't want Cody coming off the bench for against Liverpool. Um, and then I had Mitrovic. Uh, against Spurs purely because again I liked my midfield and I liked the matchups that they had. Unfortunately, Ake did play, so and Estupinan also did play for one point, for one minute, for one point. So I think across my entire back line, I got four points. Um, it's a good
1: points per minute. Uh, like it's stat though, yeah, great it's They're really
3: frustrating Jensen did get the whole uh 90 minutes in a 5-2 win but unfortunately got two points for minutes played but then lost two points for i uh, sorry a point for goals conceded so literally got four points from my entire defense um and then like i said i got been burnt by Mitrovic because he had five points on my bench uh, with a goal and then connor cody got the clean sheet for six points so uh, even though Jimenez subbed out because of fatigue, I think he had a slight niggle in warm-up so they weren't going to risk him. Um, he, uh, Yeah, I had a total of uh, 14 points left on my bench with one person not playing. So in a week, I only scored 30 points. That uh, hurts.
0: Are you a bit devastated that you couldn't have scored a few fewer points so you could have maybe picked up um, Anthony?
3: Um, not, not really because I already have Sancho... I would only be doing it to trade and my two, two problems with that is I wouldn't be happy with who I'd be dropping to get him. I don't know if it'd be a massive upgrade. Like I like my midfields and my forwards. I think my goalkeeper with Allison's okay. And Leno as a Fulham goalkeeper isn't the worst. It's my defense that's really weak, particularly when they get rotated or they get injured. If I was to do it, I would have to make a trade. If if I was to have the second pick, I would have to make a trade in advance to strengthen a defender by getting rid of a midfielder to then pick up a midfielder. If I were to do that, I would be banking everything on getting a Bamiyang on get, oh, sorry, Craney taking a Bamiyang. Now, knowing everybody else in this league you'd work that out and i guarantee Craney would take an anthony and i would be sitting there going what do i do so it's it's an interesting one i'm not that disappointed i mean the fact that it's three points yeah okay might have been helpful um but i'm just annoyed that i left that many points on the bench because I'd been on an upward trajectory. I was 82 points behind first after round three, and then I cut it to 76 and then to 64. Unfortunately, it's blown back out to 83 now. So 32 rounds to go. I've got to make up about three points around. Hopefully, I can have a couple of big ones to eat into that.
0: I I feel like uh, there's a bit of deja vu there, Mick. Um, Let's keep going. (laughs) You've said that before, I swear. (laughs) Yep.
3: Oh, I definitely have. Probably three weeks ago when I was 82 points behind. Um, but at that stage, I had thirty-five <laughs> rounds to make it up, not thirty-two.
0: Uh, good point. No, very good point. Well, let's go on to the defending champ. We've got Nathan uh, with uh, thirty-six points in game week five, and only twenty-four in the last game week. So, Gilby, if you wouldn't mind, could you run through Nathan's team for us, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. We'll maybe maybe we'll decide uh, if who, who who he needs to pick up this particular game week.
2: Yeah, well, uh, this week was a bit of a thin one, as you've said. Pascal Gross and Welbeck were the only ones giving above appearance points. Um, Both Brighton players. I don't think you would have been able to get many people saying that at the start of the season. But, yeah, you never know there. Um, And then the previous week, Martinelli led the way with a big round and Varane with the unexpected shutout. Um, So, yeah, I mean... The main thing is Nate just hasn't had any goals. That's the main thing, really, when we look at it. Um, And if you don't get goals, you at least need shutouts and or assists or both, and he hasn't had many of that. So, yeah, I mean, it's been a bit of a thin couple of rounds for him. And, I mean, like, Vardy has not been good. Um, So, I mean, as you said, if your first round draft pick isn't on, you need some support elsewhere, and Nate hasn't had that. So... Yeah, I mean, I'm he- very hesitant to write Nate off, but um, it's going to require some of his uh, team to hit some form and soon.
0: No one wants to slag off Nathan or say anything bad about him. Um, it was about this time last year that that happened. Anyone keen at all? We okay? No? Yeah, okay. No, big big fan. Nathan. The, the, the big
3: biggest fan. thing I would like to point out, and he'll get a chuckle out of this, he's currently 69 behind the leader.
0: Yeah, he is. Okay. So <laughs> let's, let's move on. So uh, it's now time to talk about Dan. So Dan's been sort of mid-table for a, a fairly good chunk of time now, which I'm sure he'll be somewhat happy about. Um, be interested to see sort of ha- how his game week sort of develops from here. Now, game week five, 40 points, pretty good. Um, the last game week, not so good with 24 points. So, Dave, would you kindly do the honours? Are you happy to go through his team and sort of pick out the yep. best and the worst?
1: Yeah, so game week five, he got 40. Um, so, Saar with six points, Diaz with six points, Walker with six points. So, pretty solid in defence there. Um, Andreas with six and Maris four in the midfield. Uh, and then up top, um, Jesus with six. And Ricky from Rio, 14 minutes and a yellow card for a grand total of zero. So uh, he couldn't have done much else. He did have Bournemouth's Kelly on the bench for six points. but Who's uh, playing Kelly? Let's be real. Who's playing Kelly when you've got the likes of uh, Saliba and Cucurella who both um, played the 90 minutes and got a yellow card for one each. Uh, So, yeah, I can't really fault him. Believing leaving Kelly in that, um, third sub position and yeah, a pretty interesting round. It's not often that you get 40 points with what? One, two, three, four, five players with a maximum of six points. Yeah. And then everyone true. else just kind of making up the numbers. So it's not like he had one player go ballistic, um, and then the rest, appearance points. It was quite a nice, even spread, which I guess maybe goes back to what you were talking about before, Isaac, about making sure you've got multiple contributors. So yeah, I think he's gonna be pretty happy with that. Um, 40. More recently, uh, the game week six with 24 points. Saar again with six, Uh, but there's not much else to write home about other than Ricky from Rio with five. So an assist and a bonus but then a yellow card as well. And
0: Keep he's the show probably,
1: probably going to be getting pretty close to um, suspension on cards if he keeps things going like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Saliba with zero because of conceded goals and a yellow card. But I think uh, we all agree that Saliba has been really good. Yeah. Um, Cucurella one point there I'm still not certain what Chelsea's defense is going to really look like week in week out Um, is he gonna be I guess as nailed on as you could hope I don't know Um, Walker's picked up a little bit of a knock so does he stay there especially when he's already got Diaz and we always talk about diversifying Um, yeah, I think I think the guts of dance squads
0: reasonable, but you could probably make a few tweaks here or there. Very very nice. Well, it's time to talk about Dave now. Dave, a couple of weeks ago, we were riding high. We were we were talking about the name on the back of the jersey, mm. mate. What has happened? What has happened?
1: Um, uh, I always knew that the week. Game week five, I was going to have a poor game week and I only got twenty points. Yep. Uh heading into it, I had James Zinchenko, uh Saint Maximin, Samaka, all with injuries to varying degrees, mm-hmm. and Darwin was still on his uh red card suspension. But most of, well, at the time, all of those players, I was happy to write out a non-playing week, cop it on the chin, because I'm not going to drop the likes of James knowing that I'm not going to get him back if he ends up in the free agency. Uh, I was somewhat saved by the fact that even though it was only one point, Perisic played, and I was actually also expecting him to get uh, rotated out um, and not play for mm-hmm. uh I do have. I mean, most of those players are all back now. Yeah. Um, Cresswell could very well be on the chopping block. So if anyone wants him, let me know. <laughs> uh, and. Yeah, then we go to game week six, and it was a little better. Um, Botman with six was really the only thing I had in all of my defense. Um, Tielemans with an assist, Ben, if you're listening. Uh, and Kane with a goal and three bonus. So, yeah, a much better round. Again, my bench was uh, maxed out with injured players, but mm-hmm. they're all on their way back. Um, we said it earlier we're all going to have write off rounds hopefully i've had mine and it's behind me
0: yeah fair enough you're obviously happy with your cane and uh darwin at the top would you consider getting rid of one and talking about what we were doing before and strengthening a different area or is that not on your horizon right now uh
1: not at the moment obviously haven't seen enough of darwin because he was an idiot and got himself suspended <laughs> for so much of this uh early part of the season. Kane's been ticking along. Um, yeah, okay. You know, in hindsight, I probably should have picked up Haaland instead of Kane in the draft, um, but I'm still happy with him. But on draft night, when I picked up Samaka, I knew it would have taken a few weeks to bed in. And at some point, I'm going to have three very strong forwards that will allow
0: me. I feel like Dave's gone. Um, allow Dave to be awesome instead, I think is what he was going to say. Yeah, something something like that. Does that sound right, yep. right, Gilby?
2: Yeah, no. I mean, I'm pretty certain Dave was um, maybe, I mean, like, I don't know, where are we podcasting this YouTube? Maybe yeah. he's been suspended for having his shirt off. Like, I heard yeah, there was yeah. a, like, yeah, so maybe terms of service, we might have to update that.
0: Yeah, no, fair enough. We'll, we'll, we'll look into that for next week uh, if we do want to – Keep that same trajectory of Dave without his shirt. But uh, what we'll do now, we will continue on going up the league ladder. So Jeff, equal points with Dave. Um, he was on twenty six points. Hey Dave, how you doing, buddy? Um, it's
1: one of those nights. The uh, technology just isn't playing along. But I am You're playing ball back for I don't know how long.
0: That's okay. Uh, well, we were just going to talk about Jeff now because we were a bit tired talking about you. If that's okay. Yeah, um, I understood. <laughs> So Jeff with uh 26 points this last game week and 51 in game week five. So a pretty good haul there. Um I'll quickly go through Jeff's um so he was able to put uh with Edison six on the board, White with eight, um Salah with ten, Firmino with nine, Zaha with seven, Foden with four. Uh, Didn't have much to write home about on the bench. So he's he's done pretty well picking his best team there and getting 51 points in game week five. And then obviously coming back a little bit in game week six. So not too much to write home about there with realistically only Trippier with eight points getting any good returns. So uh, he's going to be pretty disappointed with this last game week. Um, Didn't have anything really on the bench. I think the best thing for him now is that Diego Jota got some minutes. Bamford got some minutes. Um, he's he, he must be pretty happy with that. The two heavy hitters who are going to help him out with his team. So you got to say that you know Jeff's strategy of getting those heavy hitters, um, you know, is he, still going to get him the points he needs, and he's going to be up there as we continue on through the through the game weeks. So um, anything to add with anyone with his team, guys? Are we? Uh, we see this from Jeff. He he does a pretty good job of putting his squad together. So he's he, he's going to be there or thereabouts. All right, so getting to second place is, I believe, we've got Gilby. So, um, look, we've already spoken about the fact that Gilby, you've got, you know, not a lot of variance so far in your game week numbers. So, forty-eight in game week five. Oh, sorry, forty-four in game week five and fifty-eight in game week six. Pretty good numbers, um, Gilby. Do you want to take us through it? Should I give you the
2: honor? Yeah, no, it's been pretty good, really, for me. Uh, Pope is now the highest-scoring goalkeeper in the league. Um, And uh, Chilwell, actually, even though he's on the bench, uh, came on for a goal and an assist, so got a bit lucky there. Um, Trossard, good form continues. So, I mean, Duboisna keeps ticking along. Really, really happy there. And then the previous week, uh, really, really happy to pick up Dallow, another uh, Dan dropping. Um, So, really, really happy with that one. And, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to hold Alvarez and Stones. Really good with that. So, yeah, I mean, I'm really, really happy. Um, Hoping Ronaldo gets a start sooner rather than later. And, yeah, uh, other than that, I'm really happy. Um, We'll see how it goes.
0: So, um, is the moral of the story that whoever Dan drops, we should be picking up?
2: Well, when it's players... Well, I mean, we talked about short-term reactions and i thought that was a very short-term reaction and yeah i mean i've been lucky enough to be one of the beneficiaries and i believe uh who had rashford i think it was justin has rashford so i mean we've been lucky enough to be the beneficiaries there i mean i say that now but i mean knowing me i'll probably hold dallo while manchester United proceeds just get smashed in the next few weeks and then we'll be saying that i'm crap again so Who knows, but for now, I've been the beneficiary. Um, I'm still sticking by that he was far too quick to drop those players. But, I mean, in the end, we can only judge at the end of the season.
0: Gilby, I'll just say that they were your words, not ours. Um, Generally, we'll have a go at you for a few various different things, but we've never said that you're crap. Never, ever, not once. You've just thought it. But it doesn't count because it's not in the podcast,
2: so, you know. I'm pretty certain Dave said worse than that about about me before, so we'll go with that.
0: Yeah, but anything's fair game when we talk about DCL, so, you know, that's fair enough, right? Is is Ronaldo the new DCL? Like, he's playing.
2: He's (laughs)
1: playing. (laughs) But how long are you going to persist?
2: Honestly, like, even even knowing that he... If his bench roll does continue, um, I am more than happy to rate him ahead of everyone else in the forward pile at the moment, assuming I don't get Aubameyang or something coming up in the 2 which I won't. I'm happy to rank him ahead of anyone there, uh, particularly given Marshall's injured now as well. Um, And I thought when he has come on, he has actually looked good. He has looked like he's prepared to put in more effort pressing as well. So... I think that he is going to score sooner rather than later, and I think he will probably get a start, um, and I don't see any upgrades available for him that I'd be able to potentially get.
3: You know who else might be available soon? DCL. He's back from injury soon, Gilby. <laughs> Can well, you promise I me I... something,
2: Gilby? I think I'm pretty certain I posted a meme saying when DCL was available, I posted that one from The Simpsons with Ralph on the bus with someone sketchy saying I'm in danger. So I mean, we've all got those play- we've got those players that we love to pick up. Like I know Jeff with the Liverpool player, me with the Manchester United player, Dave with sketchy Watford strikers. So I mean, yeah, mm. never know.
0: I'm pretty sure to quote you from last year, Gilby, um, I believe DCL is a top-tier striker, so he would be an addition to anybody's squad, uh, whether that's yours or whether that's somebody else, you know.
2: Honestly, I, I really do believe that um, With if he can get his body under control oh, yeah. and not yeah. get injured randomly all the time, he really is, but the problem is he if you can't get on the park, it doesn't matter who you are.
1: Very, very true. Talking about not getting on the park, Gilby, Ronaldo's played every game. He's played a grand total of 207 minutes at an average of 34 and a half minutes a game for a grand total of seven points. He's not really getting on the park.
0: Can I point out, though, that I've held Martial this whole time and he's done less and got less points. So, really, I think it's a bit unfair to (laughs) have
2: it going.
0: In saying that, that,
3: I would prefer someone who gets zero minutes than someone who gets 10. Because, generally, your alternate is a two-point Nottingham Forest striker, which is better than a one-point Ronaldo.
2: I'm I'm just I'm going to hold Ronaldo unless I see a clear upgrade for him, which is not available. So, Ronaldo's stand in my team,
0: and that is that. Very very good. Well, let's jump into the last one. So that would be my team. Um, so game week five, forty seven points, and then the last game week, forty nine points. So pretty consistent over the last two game weeks. Um, but as we'll see, it's obviously because I've got some players who are scoring some big big points which has helped me out a great deal so um this is my game week five so i've got harlem with 17 points you know not too much else to write home about um Um, Malisea with five, we've got Bernardo with six, Aronson with five, got an assist, and Lloris with five. That was where most of the points came from. Dunk got a grand total of negative one, which I was extremely happy with. And luckily, I didn't put Nico Williams on because he got negative one as well. Um, So, you know, 47 points was pretty happy with that in that game week. It was a um, sort of a lower scoring game week, that one in game week five, a midweek fixture. And then 49, this particular game week, I was pretty happy with that also But again, you can see like I've got a couple of players who've scored, who've gone big with Tony with 17, Haaland with 9, Fernandez, with 7, Nico Williams with 4, and that's sort of really about it. So I'm still waiting for um, Jared Bowen to decide he wants to start to uh, assist and score goals. Um, It would be nice if he started that soon. That would be great. Um, Kulazewski is going to be rotated probably a little bit now, but I still really like him as a player. Um, Aronson, yeah, a lot of energy. i have to wait and see how he goes long-term as well. Um, and Bernardo's been playing really, really well, and I've really benefited from Bernardo um, coming in and playing a little bit more regularly. So I think Martial is definitely on the chopping block here. He will be gone this week, hopefully, if, if I can actually pick up somebody, a striker for him. Um, but otherwise, I'm not sure if there'll be too many others to happen, but we'll just have to sort of wait and see as we go through. So um, that's sort of the roundup on my team there. Uh, Boys, anything to add around that? Are we all pretty happy? Um, We've spoken about that variance. There is high variance in my team at the moment. I'm looking forward to one week where all of my midfielders just score. That'd That'd be really, really interesting to see what happens then. I'd be, yeah, really, really happy. I'm not looking forward to that week at all.
2: Oh, okay. Sorry. My apologies. I mean, you don't even you don't even really need that, given the amount of routes you have to call at the moment, with a number of players in form. So, I mean, (laughs) as always, your team's very good. Um, Yeah, you'll be up there and um, at the top come the come the end of the season.
0: And then Harling and Tony get injured, and that's that. So we'll wait and see, hey. (laughs) But yeah, it should be with,
3: with the World Cup. There's a month off where any small niggles can work themselves out, so and especially a guy like Haaland, who's not going to the World Cup. Yeah. If he does get a bit of a niggle, he's You'll the have guy that you can hold, because it's not like there's a two-week, or unlike normal, there's not the heavy fixtures. There will be, but there's a month off before those, so...
0: Yeah. And it seems, with everything that Guardiola said, it I think Haaland's fairly driven to just score as many goals as he possibly can, to the point where he just wants to play as many games as he can as well, so... It'll be interesting to see how much they do hold him back. But he's also one of those players that if that he doesn't start and he comes on for 20 minutes at the end of the game, like he you can you score three goals in that time anyway. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that'll maybe, be really interesting to see.
1: Maybe we need someone like Casemiro to go all Roy Keane on his dad oh, and just put put Erling Haaland out for, a I don't know, a career. <laughs> oh,
0: Wow. That seems uh, extreme, doesn't
1: it? I mean, I think that's that looking like the only way that anyone's going to stop him scoring right now.
0: Yeah, it's been pretty incredible watching him. Like, the goal he scored on the weekend, like, he's, like, doing a, a Matrix slow-mo in the air and, like, you know, just deciding to levitate and then get the ball in the back of the net. It was insane.
1: He's making it look easy. Yeah,
0: he really is. He really is. So... Um, so, boys, I guess it's time to look at next week. Is that about where we're up to? Lovely. Well, next week's games, of course, we're going to have a bit of a chat about the ones we like to look of, and Mick is going to give his uh, sought-after multi. You which might have is...
3: seen the face there when I've just realised that's one of the things coming up.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's that's the one thing that you have, Mick, that we give you every week. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, Yeah, this is where we are every week. So, you know, that's okay. We'll give you a bit of time. I'll read them out really slowly. So we've got Fulham versus Chelsea, uh, Bournemouth versus Brighton, Leicester versus Aston Villa, Liverpool v Wolves, Southampton versus Brentford, Man City versus Spurs, Arsenal versus Everton, uh, West Ham versus Newcastle, uh, Crystal Palace v Man U, and Leeds versus Forest. So I'm gonna start with Gilby. Gilby mate, which?
2: game are you looking forward to the most out of these ones and for what reason i am going to go with a bit of an unexpected one i am going to go with leicester and villa uh neither (laughs) is that unexpected (laughs) that's where i was going to there you go all right well maybe we both like to watch a dumpster fire in action because neither team have (laughs) looked particularly good to start the season and one of their managers may find themselves next in the sack race. I haven't looked up the odds lately, but I'd imagine both of them be pretty high up that race. Brendan um, Rodgers but-
1: is now the favourite to be sacked next. And there yep. are reports that it may be done before the weekend. And in his current contract, there is a $10 million payout clause, Ooh. which is being bandied around already.
0: He so- then may go to Villa once they get rid of Girard too.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> It's going to be interesting Um, I think I shared some material before If anyone wants to look at it, it's all there About uh, research about what happens When teams sack their managers uh, short, Long story short You get a short term bounce But in the long run it does no good at all And the short term bounce is really A, a statistical uh, fallacy but, anyway, but
0: unless you're Watford and you do it three times In a season, then you get three <laughs> short term Bounces, uh, which You know, allows you to still get relegated
2: which yep. mathematically would yep. have happened if they stayed with the original manager and would have been yep. far cheaper in the long run. But anyway, um, I'm, I'm not. This is way too late in the night for us to go into that. But yeah, um, Leicester Villa, it's going to be fun to watch, whatever happens.
0: Dave, who you
1: got? Uh, I'll take Arsenal, Everton. Um, Everton actually played really, really well against Liverpool. Um, Arsenal have been playing really, really well, um, still on top of the table and yeah i think it has potential to be a really exciting game to watch with yep. you know quite a few um fantasy assets in there at least on the arsenal side worth keeping an eye on mm. um the the likes of gordon um are still available in our league to pick up if anyone wanted to go there and yeah he looked he looked good against liverpool as well
0: yep um I'm going to give a shout-out to Bournemouth and Brighton just because Bournemouth came from behind and got a win, and Brighton have been sensational and are in the top four. So that that could be, you know, I, I'd expect Brighton to win the game, but, you know, that's still could be an interesting one. But I can't go past Man City and Spurs. Like, I know it's obvious, but those two have been playing really good football. Conte is a master when it comes to these types of games where, you know, you've got to put a shift in to beat a really high-quality team, and he's the sort of manager that can get his team up to do that. So I think that's going to be a really interesting game tactically, and, uh, yeah, it uh, it, it could there could be a few goals in it as well, just depending how much Spurs feel like they need to or want to attack if they've got to chase a game. So that'll be a really, really good one. Um, Mick, is there a game for you there before you go into your multi that looks...
3: Yeah, the game for me, um, West Ham-Newcastle. Newcastle obviously a lot better than previous years in terms of the quality of players they've got. West Ham not having been at the quality they were last year. So West Ham need to find something to keep pushing for that, I would almost argue top 10 point spot right now because at the moment they're probably in that eleven through 14th kind of run, um, especially when you look at well, Man U and Arsenal both look like they're a hell of a lot better than they've previously been. Chelsea, maybe not, but they're still probably that sixth, seventh team. Uh, with Newcastle, there, Palace have been really good. Brighton's been really good to start the year. Um, West Ham's probably going to struggle unless they start turning form around. So, and I think that's that's the type of game where they'd need three points to solidify that spot against a team like Newcastle, that's right in and around that. Yep. Um, I'll go straight into the multi though. But can I just firstly point out? Last week's multi. Does anyone remember what it was? I'm going to go on a limb and say
2: it's probably. I don't know, but this this my, sounds ominous. It, no, it didn't win. Of course no. not. Don't get, to, don't get too excited. <laughs> Nick, Nick would have opened the podcast I, well, yeah. that had it won.
3: <laughs> I, I'd be the one with my shirt off, Dave. Um, but <laughs> yeah, last week, it, there was two parts to it. One was Leeds would beat Everton and Sinistera would score his first goal. Now, Sinistera oh, did beginning. score his first goal. Leeds did not win. It was a one-all draw. The other one, the other part to it was Arsenal-Villa. I had Arsenal to win. They did. More than two and a half goals in the game. There was. Jesus to score. He did. But I had both teams would not score. So theoretically I'd said Arsenal, uh, sorry, Villa would not score, but they did. So effectively out of the six legs, got four of them correct. So, That's better than it has been. Um, Unfortunately, it's still the same result, and nothing happened from it. But let's go (laughs) to this week's.
0: I've I've gone. Thank you for letting us know how betting works. Thank you. I
3: know. (laughs) I've gone (laughs) for one long shot, and then tried to pad the value with short things. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Within the multi eyes, only one long shot. (laughs) Well, listen to it. So sorry. Okay. We've got Fulham against Chelsea. Like I just said, Chelsea hasn't been great so far this year. No, they haven't. Fulham have been okay. So I've got Fulham to get a point from that game. So Chelsea not to win. Mitrovic to score the first goal. Now that's obviously where the value is. With that, I've got Brighton to beat Bournemouth. Liverpool to beat Wolves. Arsenal to beat Everton. And Leeds to beat Forest. All of those are better than odds on favorite. All of those together with Mitrovic is 37 and a half to one. Wow. So Fulham Chelsea is the first game of the year. If that happens, you can guarantee I'm riding the other four results hard. To, I, I, just once, I want to come on here with, well, my team's not doing well. So I'd love to actually win that $37 back.
2: Honestly, Mick, uh, this is probably your most likely bet to come off <laughs> out of all the ones I've heard. So, cause I was having a look at some of the data, you know, I love my numbers. Mitrovic has the most shots of any player in the EPL so far this season. And his conversion rate is 22.2%, which is comfortably his best ever in the premier league. So you picked a really good week to maybe jump on that one. And mean if you've got a twenty two point two percent chance of winning, then that's far better than most of your other bets so, that you've submitted.
0: Mick, what would hold on, what would you take? Would you take a that this multi, you know, actually pays out? Or or a eighty point round.
3: Oh, in my head, oh, you were gonna say seventy. Eighty is very <laughs> tempting, isn't it? <laughs> I, I think eighty points what, what's the average for the round across the other eight managers? Is everyone else getting 50 point rounds? Yeah, see, in that <laughs> case, no.
0: <laughs> no, I was just going to go for, like, your stock standard, like, low 40s. If, if everyone
3: average. else is getting 40, I would probably take the points. But yeah. you know what? I, I, there's a chance here. I've just actually just opened the uh, Premier League app, and the first article is Game Week 7, ones to watch Alexander Mitrovic. So stars are aligning here.
0: Yeah. If anyone wants to,
3: if anyone wants to mortgage their house, I know where I can put it.
0: I mean, both of those things come true. Could 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 come true for next week, and um, we might all have to be sitting here without our shirts on. Like that's how exciting it could be. In all honesty, no, no one wants
2: that. I I think it would require a bit more to have me without my shirt on a YouTube podcast. But yeah, I mean, I mean, you can dream, can't you, Isaac? Um, nipple tape. I thought that was only what you used with Dave. Well, you know. <laughs> we,
0: we we don't need to get, get into the nitty gritty, do we, Dave? No. No, definitely not.
1: That's a, that's a whole nother podcast on a whole nother platform.
0: Yeah, probably not YouTube. Right. So, <laughs> thank you very much, everybody. That was... Uh, A good podcast this week. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the waiver this week. We've got, like, lots of good quality players in there. I know that uh, me and Gilby won't touch any of them, unfortunately. Um, But whoever gets Anthony, feel free to get in touch with Gilby. He might be up for a trade. So, guys, thank you very much, boys. It's always a pleasure. Um, Best of luck for the upcoming game week. Mick, I hope both of those things happen for you this week. It uh, couldn't happen to a nicer person. So, uh, boys, thanks again. (laughs) See you later.